0: I should keep my nose out of the politics of the United States of America. I don't have a vote. And I can be more effective by taking local action, expressing my voice on the politics which I can have a direct influence on, which is Ireland. So I basically should stop reading every single day first thing when I wake up about the latest news from the United States. I should I I should keep my nose out. I shouldn't have I shouldn't be spending my time expressing opinions about it. But I can do something. I can do something. I have uh, relatives, family I have friends, I have acquaintances. I have many people here on on Anchor, but I have people who I've been in touch with for very many years via Twitter, Periscope, Skype, WhatsApp. In other words, I have a lot of contact with people who do have a vote in the United States, who can talk to people in the United States, and who can help build a coalition of love for the children of migrants, the children of adults who have migrated into the United States, taking with them children who, as Jeff Perlman says in the audio, I'm going to play you in a minute, Children who had no ability to influence what was going to happen and who have then grown up within the United States in the same way that a child would grow up in any country, going to school, talking the language, getting jobs. And it wasn't their idea to move to the United States in the very first place. In other words, they have zero, zero culpability. So that's why I'm going to play you the piece of audio, which is passionate. And I warn you, in case you are of delicate disposition, that this man is passionate and that there are two times, I think, in the audio in this five-minute piece of audio, where he uses the F-word. And, you know, I would like your children to hear this audio, but you're the one in charge of that. And I, I want to publicly thank Yarla, Tisnes Radio International, for speaking out about this issue this morning. The issue has bothered me like it's bothered many people and probably bothered you. But the first person I heard on Anchor speaking out about this is Jarla in, in Norway, in, on a little island, 2,800 people. And that just shows, I think, that, this is, that this, there are people around the world who care but it's Americans who will make things happen. It will citizens of the United States with votes and will have opportunities to vote. That is the democracy, the democratic world we live in. So now I'm going to play you my the words and the views of Jeff Perlman, my favourite audio voice on bumpers. And indeed, he's a sports... Um, journalist of much distinction and he's a wonderful storyteller but from time to time over on bumpers he expresses his own views about big issues that affect not just the citizens of the United States. So here now is Jeff Perlman on something that I would love you to share with other people. Now what I love is what I love. But I really would like Jeff Perlman's voice on this issue to get out into the wider world as widely as possible. That's why I've been so active on Twitter for the last hour about this voice, this message.
1: At some point in 1971, Joan and Stan Perlman had sex following year, April 22nd 1972, I was born at a hospital in Mount Kisco, New York. And because my parents, Joan and Stan Perlman, had sex in the state of New York, in the country uh, of the United States of America, I am a citizen. Um, I have never enlisted in the military. I've certainly never fought in a war. Yes, I pay taxes, um, but I'm no better or probably worse than your average citizen, your average you know, 99% of the people listening to this uh, As I speak And really That's the fucked up thing um, About those Americans who support What Donald Trump and Jeff Sessions Did today with DACA And the Dreamers I'm an American because my parents had sex here My mom's womb was here When I came out of it And that's it Never served in the Navy, never served in the Army Air Force, Marines Neither of most of you. Meanwhile, there are people, 800,000 people, who weren't born here but were brought here as children. They had no say in the matter. Zero say in the matter. They were brought here. They've been raised here. Many of them have never been to the country where they were born. Uh, Many don't speak the language, the native language, of the countries where they were born. And now, for a reason I still can't really fathom beyond just massive sheer xenophobia... These people are, in all probability, going to be forced to leave. They're going to be deported to nations that they've never known. They're going to be ripped apart from America. And I was thinking, America doesn't ask that much for us. from us. there hasn't been a draft in you know almost 50 years. We're not, you have to pay taxes, and that's pretty much it. But one thing it seems like America has asked through the years is for a certain level of empathy and understanding. We are a diverse nation. Uh, We're religiously diverse, we're uh, racially diverse, we're diverse in backgrounds, we're diverse in beliefs, and what you're asked is to um, respect that, and understand that, and try to embrace that. And those who don't, uh, members of the KKK, uh, Nazis, Nazi sympathizers, etc., they are the outliers in this country generally, uh, because we are asked to be empathetic. But that's changed, that's really changed, and today... You see it in in full bloom, the changing of that ideal, that American ideal that we empathize, that we understand, that we embrace. This is a mean day for America. And what's really crazy and what drives me insane, and that you see on social media a lot, is so many so-called quote-unquote Christians who identify themselves as Christians and put some Jesus quote or biblical uh, passage in their Twitter profile who are okay with this, who justify it. Taking 800,000 people and kicking them out of the country and forcing them to go to countries that they do not know. They justify that. That's okay. That's okay. That's great. We should do that. That is okay. And they don't ask themselves, what would Jesus do? They put WWJD on their Twitter profiles. They hashtag it, but they never ask themselves the question, what would Jesus do? Is this something Jesus Christ would do? Is this something you would do? And what if the person, what if the dreamer is your neighbor? What if it's a guy whose grocery store you go to every day? What if it's your accountant? Are you then in a rush to kick that person out? What if it's a person who cared for your baby? What if it's your fucking nanny? What if it's a long guy, right? What if it's your doctor? What if it's those people? That's the thing that kills me. It's a hypocrisy that too often is not spoken about. It's the same thing with gay rights. Homosexuality is a sin. Until your brother is gay, until your sister is gay, until your best friend is gay, until your favorite teacher is gay. Right, transgender, sinful until you know someone who's going through it and you see the suffering and you see the difficulties it's the same here to so many of these so-called Christians with their WWJD and going to church on Sundays um, and their comfortable large homes this isn't about the individual it's about the grand it's about 800,000 people who they do not believe belong here and what goes unsaid too often, far too often, is how much it relates to skin color and how it's them versus us. And suddenly, it's become okay in America uh, to see the beauty in white and the ugliness in others. It's become this thing. It used to be hidden. It used to have to hide to think that way. No longer. Versus us. And suddenly, it's become okay in America uh, to see the beauty in white and the ugliness in others. It's become this thing. It used to be hidden. You used to have to hide to think that way. No longer. Because the president shows that every day. Steve Bannon shows it every day. Stephen Miller shows it every day. Breitbart has made it acceptable. In fact, more than acceptable. It's been encouraged. And this is where we are now. This is where we are in America. We're going to take 800,000 people. People, by the way, who have served in our military. We're going to take those people... And our five time deferment president has made the decision that they don't belong here anymore, that they are not a part of the fabric of this country. It's a fucking sad day to be an American. Like a really fucking sad day.
0: So I don't I know my daughter Casey. Sorry, hold on. Yeah.
1: At some point they, in nineteen seventy one. Ah.
0: Right. All I can do. Is be in solidarity with all of the people who don't want children. People who were children when they came to the United States to be treated like this. I could argue, I would argue, if I knew more about the economics of it, That the mood will not help the American economy that the United States that all people in the United States will lose if 800,000 people are expelled but I I would prefer stand my ground on two points one is that all of my humanity all of my ethics, everything I inherited and everything I grew up with from my mother and my father and his reinforced within my family and my friends, tell me that this is an inhuman move. That this is wrong. And secondly... What kind of an example is this for the United States to give to other countries where we know ethnic cleansing is practiced? Now, I could call this ethnic cleansing because it feels to me like a form of ethnic cleansing, a very sophisticated form of ethnic cleansing. But the moral authority of the United States is diluted. Now, of course, some of you might say the United States doesn't have any any social capital, any residual moral authority. That's for another debate another time. All I can think to do today is to share Jeff Perlman. I admit I love personally the vivid way in which Jeff tells stories, puts his point of view. And I also know that it wouldn't be a style that would appeal to everybody. But let's uh, focus on the substance. Let's focus on everything we can do to build up what I'd call a coalition, which will include many Christians, which will include many people who will call themselves Christians. as well as people who have no desire to be associated with Christianity. But this is about humanity, as far as I'm concerned. This is about the better part of each person's humanity speaking. Now, there must be an alternative point of view So we need to communicate with those people. We need to do two things. Increase the size of our own coalition for change. But also, we need to speak to the other side. I don't know what else I can do.